everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. My co-host Kathy King and I want to welcome you to Writing Works Wonders. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder of writing. We are so glad you're here with us. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher, and I'm here with my host, Kathy King. And today we are going to have a roundtable with our guests and talk about chapbook. I also wanted to give an announcement first. I wanted to tell all of you something very exciting of somebody in our community. Because of our Writing Works Wonders and the community, Holly, she announced it on our group call one time how she's been reading a certain subscription and she applied for this job as a monthly contributor and she got the job and today she got her first check. (laughs) So she was thrilled and that she was encouraged and inspired to apply for this position and she got it. So we are so happy for Holly Turry. Congratulations, Holly. I'm going now to turn it over to Kathy so she can do the introductions. Hello, we're very happy you're with us today, Writing Works Wonders. We're excited that today we have a panel with us. We're going to be discussing exciting aspects of chat books and not only how you can use them with poetry, but in other forms of writing. Who knew? I didn't even know about chat books until Cheryl brought up this topic a few weeks ago to me. So I'm learning every day. And our guests are Abby Johnson Taylor and Ann Chiapetti. We're very thankful that they have accepted the challenge to be our panelists and will be engaging in conversation with us. And after we discuss chat books a little bit and mine their knowledge base on the topic, we will be opening up for discussion and questions from the audience as well. So welcome to everybody. And just to let you know again, if you don't already remember, our website is www.writingworkswonders.com. And you can always find an archive of all our episodes, a growing resource of authors, resources, and author clinics, a special feature from our podcast, and all sorts of goodies that we're piling into that website for you. So, Cheryl, let's get started. Thank you, Kathy. What are chapbooks? And it's spelled C-H-A-P-B-O-O-K. All one word is chapbook. And a chapbook has a history of they weren't well respected when they first became popular in 1500s, 1600s. When they went around to the peddlers or salesmen, they went around to different homes and they'd have this page or paper of gossip, you know, more or less, rather than news. And then as time went on, though, in the 1800s is when they started growing in popularity. What happened was they started becoming magazines and newspapers. But then a few well-known publishers Poets published their chapbooks. It's a very interesting history if, if you want to look it up. And when they published their chapbooks, of course, then they were more respected. People looked for them, people purchased them. So now, chapbook can be either saddle stitch stapled or some of them do have they call it perfect binding but it's the glued binding that we're all used to seeing and they are paperback normally 
I do know somebody who did his hardcover, but again, this is an inexpensive way for you to enhance and grow in your career. It's a stepping stone for you. I put it this way that when I did my first children's book, it was 32 pages, 3,000 words. My second book was in the 50s. The last children's books that I've done that is published is 90, 95 pages. It's a chapter book. I look at it that way. And for me, it was a stepping stone. My, now, my first book was not a chat book, but how I grew in my writing, in my word count, in my effectiveness, I have become a better writer. And that's what we all learn all the time. The more we write, the better we get. And to write and write and write. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Kathy now. I know that some people have done chapbooks. Some of you are creating them. Just as I shared about Holly, I am very excited for all of you. I get emotional thinking that you are all so talented. So Kathy, you're up. So one of the things I've been thinking this week about this topic, Cheryl, is I've been listening to a biography about Benjamin Franklin. He wrote that famous series, Poor Richard, that really articulated wise sayings and a lot of fictitious stories he created. And he had newsletters and all. And sure enough, don't you know that they say that his work was considered chat books? And they said that it really was a cornerstone of his, the fortune that he actually made back in the 1700s. And as I was listening to his biography, he was an inventor of so many things, a true Renaissance man, Mm -hmm. which you could be back in that day and age too. When he was in France, when he was in England, when he was in the United Mm -hmm. States, and he had communications or a political view he wanted to share, he would use a press to create these short mock newspapers. Sometimes he would call them the Herald or this or that Mm -hmm. for the different area he lived in. And he would even create fake articles and attribute them to this person or the other that he would create these people. And they would stir up conversation and all. And I think today in a digital age, we see people doing that with blogs, but you don't really monetize blogs in the same way. And like you're saying, when you go do an open mic or if you're giving a lecture or you're speaking somewhere, you can't quite take your blog with you to hand that out to people to take home. You could give them a URL, certainly, but a chat book, something that's small, that's hard copy, is something tangible that you can leave with people. So in that respect, I see very much what you're saying with the calling card. It's a very valuable vehicle to use to demonstrate your ability to be a persuasive vehicle to open up conversation, etc. So many different uses. So this really is an exciting topic and has a very long heritage of use across centuries and even here in the United States and even the formation of our country with the dialogues. So going to our panelists, what do you think, Abby and Annie, in your experience, why would you say people would want to publish a chapbook? Well, the nice thing about chapbooks is that they are small. They don't contain more than, say, 30 poems. So if you're not a big fan of poetry, but you might want to try a particular poet just to see what you like, if you would like that per- person, I can see why that might be a, a good advantage purchasing a chapbook. And as far as publishing a chapbook, oh, you only have to write 25, 30 poems. That's certainly easier sometimes than coming up with 40, you know, like 50 to 70. 
70 pages of poetry if you don't have that many poems, if you don't have that many poems that are publishable. So that's why you would want to publish a chapbook. So I'll see what Annie has to say on this, but that, that's my take on it. Thanks, Abby. Yeah, I think why you someone would want to publish a chapbook, it's good practice to see whether or not you really want to go that direction with your work. It also helps you organize your works because when you do a chapbook, you have to really think about what you want to put in there and how you want to organize it. I think that helps you get closer to your work. It helps you understand what you want to convey to other people uh, with the work you're going to provide others to read. At least that's what it did for me. It, it helped me organize my work better. It helped me get more, more intimate with my writing and how I wanted other people to, to connect with me. So Annie, it sounds like you're saying that you might, if you have a large body of work, you might be able to do thematic publications. Sure, yeah. Right? Also have an introductory volume and use that as different sections so people could sample different types of your poetry. That would be another approach entirely, right? Yes, yes. So there's a lot of different options for being able to do that. And I think that what you both said is really important. It's a lot less effort to produce and polish and decide on 30 to maybe 40 poems versus a huge volume. And it lets you be able to get those out into a product that's less of a commitment to the purchaser, much lower price point so that they can sample your work and see if they want to go further. So that's an excellent feedback on those topics. Uh, they can be an ebook too, depending on the the author. Absolutely, and we can still monetize them. You know, that's one of the things that we're mentioning here. That still can very easily be done, even in an ebook format. If I was to do this, I would definitely do both print and ebook because oh, you yeah. have different venues. Oh, yeah. What do you folks think? This is Annie. That? I I believe in both. If you're going to do it in print, you should follow it up in ebook and vice versa. I mean, but I know writers who do exclusively electronic publications and don't do any print publications and they do well as well. It's very individualized how writing is so subjective. Well, you're getting your work out. There's so many choices now. It didn't Mm -hmm. used to be like that 10 years ago. But now Kindle just put something out with where you can oh. you can monetize your work. Now you can put little chapbooks or little no- mm-hmm. novellas together and release a long short story and then follow up with a whole series of shorts and things mm-hmm. like that. So the electronic publishing is becoming very flexible and very robust. I want to read something that there's a New York City festival. They have a chapbook festival and they describe it as that what they do, they celebrate the chapbook as a work of art. And then that's what I want everyone to remember. We all need it is. It's a Agreed. work of art and it's a medium alternative and for emerging writers and publishers. And they have, I can't remember how big this is, but it's pretty huge. But just the fact of saying they're celebrating this as a work of art. And that's what we are. We're artists. Talking about as emerging writers and publishers, it can be used as a stepping stone. And I think what we've been talking about is not just a stepping stone for beginners, but as Mm -hmm. we're continuing to evolve and develop our own craft, and yeah. we're going in new directions and new themes, et cetera. 
reminds me of fellow we're going to interview next week, Patrick Taylor, because I'm thinking about the way he started his characters for that famous Irish Country Doctor series was he was asked to write a column. This is bizarre, but a column for a medical journal about medical humor. Oh, <laughs> he must have been a very funny fellow and a storyteller, and he's a medical doctor and became a medical researcher. And he was tagged by his colleagues to write a medical humor column. Wow. That must be very challenging. But over the years, those characters, he kept developing them more and more. But he was writing like 12 columns a year on this. And those characters eventually evolved into this 19 volume series, the Irish Country Doctor series. Right. So he got to test drive them in this journal column, a similar idea. If you have an idea about a character you want to develop or a storyline, Abby's talking about you could test flight it on a blog or you could test flight it in a a forum of some sort or um, do a short run of short stories, very short ones that you think could be a praise. We hope that in part one of this podcast, you feel excited and knowing that, oh my gosh, 50 pages, I can do that. Yes, you can do this. And in part two, we're going to tell you about how you can create an ebook for free and publish your own chapbooks to have it in print and have those wow moments. Wow, this is mine. Wow, I did that. Yes. And we are going to tell you more about how you can do that. But right now, I hope you're having wow moments feeling like, oh my gosh, wow, I can attain this. I can do this. Yes, you can. You can do this. And that's the goal of our podcast to keep encouraging you and inspiring you and helping you find ways to reach your goals and achieve success. So now I'm going to turn it over to Kathy to wrap things up. Thank you. Abby Johnson-Taylor and Annie Chiapetta and everybody that was on our call-in for being with us today and all our listeners in all modalities for joining the show. We so appreciate your time and your expertise. Visit us on our website, www.writingworkswonders.com to access the show notes and you'll be able to get contact information for Abby and Annie, as well as our own and resources mentioned in the episode, as well as this recording and others. And I'll also give you the the links for some of the contests, the New York City Festival. We really have a growing page of author resources. Don't miss any of the episodes of this (laughs) podcast. Find out how to subscribe for free email alerts at our website. And next week, June 18th at 1 p.m., we'll be interviewing Dr. Patrick Taylor, author of the Irish Country Doctor series, very popular on BARD and elsewhere, New York Times, best-selling author and many other awards as well. If you have any comments, questions, or recommendations about this show or others with Writing Works Wonders, please contact us at writingworkspodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, we encourage you to keep on writing and enjoy the wonder it brings. Thank you, Annie, Abby, and Cheryl. Thank you, Kathy. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. 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 Thank you. for joining us today writing works wonders kathy and i are thrilled to spend time with you now tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show 
We also have a donate button, and that's to help with the expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this show and podcast going. There's a link there that you can tap on that will take you directly to our website at www.writingworkswonders.com. There you will find all the information we talked about today along with show notes and so much more. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired to know the wonder of writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.